Darcy, Dylan and Xavier, welcome back to Sound of Siren. I'm Xavier. I'm Dylan. Welcome back to another episode and it's episode four of the Supercoach series. Darcy, how are you? Um, not good. Once again, not good. Not a good season for me. Not a good start. <laughs> I think I'm a little different to Darcy. Zave, how are you over there? Uh, again, I'm pretty good, but my team is horrible. So. <laughs> Fair enough. So you want to jump straight into the first segment, Save. I know Heroes and Villains is yours. Get straight yeah, in. So I want each of you to give me uh, at least one person or thing that did really well for you this week and at least one person or thing that did really poorly for you this week. We'll start with you, Dylan. Okay, so I'll go with the villains first because I have more than one. So the first one is Caleb Daniel. Scored 19... One week suspension, couldn't have had a worse week from him. <laughs> and that's he's only had one score over 100 this year, which is appalling to me. But whether or not it's just because the Bulldogs are dominating and there's not much down the back line. But the other villain is Isaac Heaney, and it's not really his fault. Obviously, we wish that he gets better. And he broke his hand, scored 40, I believe, 44. So hopefully he recovers quickly. But unfortunately, it did hurt me a little bit. Now, my hero is Jack Steele. I made him vice-captain. I took a punt on it, and it worked. 150 times 2, 300 points. I'll gladly take that. And the other hero for me is Heath Chapman. 91, a rookie. is guaranteed to make me some money. So I'm a happy man, Zay. Yeah. What about your heroes and villains, Darcy? So I'd say my hero, probably my only hero of the week, would have been I had a few. So I had Nat Fife, um, 133 coming off of his concussion. That really helped out my team. Really prevented me from getting under 1.7. Um, and then also Shorten Ridley, the my backman pretty much. They're all providing pretty well for me uh, week in, week out. And then for my villains, my villains are the coaches of the AFL. Constantly dropping our rookies, such as Cozzy, Highmore, Sharp, um, not giving Downey a game, even though he was named first week. Not giving Flynn a game. Bergman, not giving him a game. They're all my players that aren't playing at the moment in my team, but who have played games. So, going on to the AFL coaches who aren't giving the young kids a good enough run. Question, Dallas, do you have Nick Cox by any chance? No. Okay. I think most of us mix, missed Nick Cox because he had such a poor round one and two, but then... Uh, round three and four have been really good and you've managed to have him on your field. So yeah. I think that's a little advantage you have over most players in, in uh, most super coach players still. He's also very highly priced rookie. So we're really looking to get him in. My hero, well, I'll start with my heroes because I've got a lot of villains, but <laughs> my heroes are Jack McRae. I put my vice captaincy on him. He scored 137, which isn't uh, as high as uh, some of the options I've had in the past. Uh, Obviously, I had uh, Grundy last week and Sagorn, who both went really big. But the 137 ended up being my highest score in the whole game, uh, in on my whole team. So that was good. But um, Sam Doherty was another hero for me, underpriced back to back 109s for him. So uh, we'll get that average above 100 at his underpriced. Uh, at being underpriced, that'd be really good for him. Um, that's just about all I had, though. Uh, my villains. Pretty similar to you, uh, Dylan. I had uh, Caleb Daniel. That was really, really poor from him. 19 points is harder to do than not to do. Uh, yeah. But his role, I think, has changed a lot 
We know last year when he was averaging 100 points a game, he took all of the kick-ins for, uh, for the Bulldogs. But I don't think that really happened, at least this week. Um, only 19. His average is down to 72. He's dropped 50K. And on top of that, he's been suspended for a week. So yeah. just about the worst possible week <laughs> for Caleb Daniel. And it's really bad for any team that has him. Another villain I had, again, Isaac Heaney. Despite it not being his fault, uh, he only scored 44, was on my field. Uh, both of these players, all of my opponents didn't have, so that's not good. And the other one was the rolling lockout. In the end, it cost me having a zero on field. So I had Kaczynski on field as my D6, and it cost me a zero. So it's not good at all. I had Highmore and Nick Murray on the bench who both didn't play. But I could have made a trade if I had have known that he wasn't going to play to get another defender in. But instead, I had to have a zero. And I know something that Dallas is heavily against, and I think we all are, is the rolling lockout. Yeah, I've been against that. I haven't been previously, but over the last couple of weeks, it's really cost me. And I think it probably cost me like 40 points this week, cost me a couple, uh, a lot of points last week. So it's been really bad. I've got a question for you, boys. Do you trade Caleb Daniel? I think that's a really hard one because if he was still 550K, it'd be so much easier to get him to someone that you want in your team. I've only got about $600 left in my salary cap after my <laughs> trades last week. So uh, if I traded Daniel, I can't get him to any of like short. I can't get him to uh, Stewart or anyone else that you really think could be top six. So I'd need to make another trade to get rid of him. So, But with the 16 and the changed role, I think you might have to get rid of him, but I can't do it. So it's a yeah, difficult with- from a perspective of a non Caleb Daniel owner, I would say hold. The well, at least last year and the year before, I know I had him in my final teams. He eventually came good and was scoring well. I feel like he probably should return back to that scoring potential. And once he does, everyone who has traded him out will need to try trading back in. So that's two trades blown, particularly at a time where there are a lot more important things going on, such as Eni or Butters injuries. So yeah, I'd say he's a hold unless you've got 25 trades available and no injuries in your team? I am a little bit different. So after this week, I don't think I'll need any trades for a little bit. I'm happy with my team, content with it. But what I've done, and I can still reverse it, I traded out Isaac Heaney and Caleb Daniel to CJ and Jaden Shaw. Well, I think that's not a horrible trade if you if you don't think you're going to use trades in the future and you think both of them can be top six in their respective positions. I think it's going to end up being good for you being able to trade out two for two. But for me, I've already used six trades. I'm going to have to use, uh, I'm going to have to use more in the future, uh, and I need to trade out Heaney this week. So being eight trades down after round four isn't good for me. So I don't think I can do it. But that's why I've set myself I've set after this week I'll be conservative with them I've got 22 left but I'm pretty happy with my team at the moment my back line is now Lloyd, Laird, Short, Jyth, Clark, Chapman which I'm pretty happy with and then I moved Cox to the forward line and I've still got James Rowan Field who scored 67 which isn't terrible for him even though he was on about 8 at half time so it's lucky we got going true mm. but He's bound to make money, and I think that's all I have in there for, really. So my 
trade last week was quite interesting. Uh, we know Dylan just said he was happy with Rose's performance and one of Darcy's heroes of the week was Nat Fife and I happened to trade both of them out this week. And Nat Fife one was a little bit of an interesting one. I wasn't sure if he was going to be top eight. I thought he probably would be, but I wasn't sure. And then I wasn't sure if he was going to play this week. I know some people were reporting that he could be at least uh, last week and this week. So, but I managed to trade in Ridley, who scored 124, a little bit less than five. And I traded in Chad Warner, who scored 86. So the people I traded in performed really well, but unfortunately, the people I traded out performed just as well, if not better. Yeah, and just quickly, hearing news lately of Lockie Neal continuing to be injured and he's still stuck in my team. I think at this point, it's too late to get rid of him. Yeah. But I honestly reckon I prefer if Brisbane gave him a week or two off so he'd be better and then he comes back scoring his 130s, 140s rather than continued, continued 90s, if that makes sense. Well, I did, this, I did say this on yesterday's episode and Lockie Neal himself said that he's not playing his best footy. He recognised that and he's saying that he's coming to terms with playing his best footy. So that's definitely a positive. And if you're optimistic, then you, sh you should probably keep him. I mean, he's very confident that he's going to return to form. And we know that his form is Brownlow medal status. So I don't know. And you've got him now. You may as well stick with him. And it's not like he's getting 40s or 19 like Caleb Daniel. He's still getting 80s. Yeah, I, uh, he stuck with me in those hard years of my rubbish super coach. So I'm going to have to stick with him and he's... Hard weeks of a rubbish form. Yeah, I think from a super coach perspective, it might be the right decision to rest him a couple of weeks so that he can get bigger scores. But I don't think Brisbane can really afford to do it right now. They're down, they're one and three at the moment and they could lose the next couple of games. So I don't think they can afford to rest their best player at this period of time. Now I'll quickly move to my little segment and it's the buy sell hold. So I'll let you know some buy, some sell, some hold, and I'll start with the buy and I'll get your opinions. So I've got buy first, Jarman Impey. I think similar to Jack Siebel, Jarman's running the back line alongside CJ, and he plays an important role which allows him to use the footy well. I think that's an interesting one, again, because we know Impey started the season off really, really cheap. He's gone up 152k now, and he's up to 365,000. So I probably wouldn't be getting him in if the idea was to be gaining money, but if you think he can be a top six forward and be a keeper for the rest of the year, then definitely get him in. Still an affordable price, though. Yeah. The next one, CJ, and as stated with MP, CJ's playing a major role and proving to be one of the bigger revelations this season. I think it's the same situation again. We know he's gone up a fair bit of price, 133K. He's up to almost 400,000. Um, if you think he can be a top six defender, then definitely get him in, but don't be getting him in to make money. The next one I've got is Jack Bowes. And after another score above 100, he's certainly one to look into, especially because the ball may be down the back line a fair bit this week against the Bulldogs. I like the Bose move. It's a good point of difference and he's scoring well so far. Yeah, he's scoring extremely well at an average of 115. He's now up to over 500k. He's had scores of 146, 140, 95, 107. So I think I agree with Darcy. He's a good point of difference and could win you a couple of games. Yeah, and I know at the start of the year, many people were hesitant to bring him in, but those who did have actually been, it's been beneficial for them. The final buy I've got is Jack Siebel, and I think he's a must-have, really. The captain running around on his own, picking up plenty of disposals, which is perfect for us super coaches. I'm probably going to sound like a broken record again, but at the start of the year, I didn't see him as a keeper. Um, he was only 200 and something K. 
and I brought him in for the purpose of making money. He's now gone up 142K. So um, again, don't bring him in if you want to make money, but if you think he can be a top six forward, then definitely bring him in. Which he's definitely on the road to, to be honest. I, balls have been I'm getting him in this week. I think he's going to be top six. Well, at an average of 111, uh, he's definitely started really well. So, yeah. I've got one hold and it's Callum Mills. With Dane Rampy out for a month, I think Callum will up his disposal count and take over the role that Rampy was looking after. I saw that one on your uh, on the Instagram, the Supercoach Instagram page, at AFL Supercoach, if you want to follow it. But um, I'm not sure I totally agree with it because I think part of the reason Callum Mills has been so much better this year than he has been in the past, which speaks a lot about how how good he's been because we know he has been really good in the past. But I think a lot of that reason is because he's been uh, at all of the stoppages, all of the centre bounces, and he's been playing a heavy midfield role. And we know Rampy plays uh, in the back line and Mills has done that in the past. So I think if Rampy, if he fills Rampy's role when he moves back into the back line, I think it might diminish his disposals and the role or the amount of points he scores. So I'd still hold though because I think he's going to score well. And I think when Rampy comes back in, he'll definitely get moved back into the midfield if he gets moved into the defence at all. But I don't think because of Rampy you hold, but um, yeah, hold still. First sell is Zach Butters. Two months before he returns, a trade is imminent. That's a given. Definitely. The next one, yeah. the next one, Isaac Heaney with a broken hand. He has a decent timeline before he as well returns. So unfortunately, all coaches probably forced to trade him. Mm-hmm. Again, and you do it while there's easy trades available, like in your level. Yeah, Taylor Adams. I think it'd be an unusual pod for those who actually did have him, but alongside Butters, it's the same timeline or similar to so. Again, a trade is probably inevitable. And the final one, which isn't an injury, is Caleb Daniel, who I spoke on and touched on before. One week suspension, a score of 19. This is just from my perspective, but despite this, you know, he could return to form, but in my opinion, I'm going to trade him to Jaden Short, who I think is producing quality numbers. Yeah, I think we both had him as holds. I think it's a bit of a line ball, this one, but um, yeah. I, I probably would do it if I had the trades and I was in a position that I could do it, but I can't and I'll hold and I'm not really that against holding. So it's fine. I just want your honest opinions. Do you think that me having 22 trades at this point after round four is like, is, isn't ideal? It's not. As long as you've said you've got your team set up, as long as you're not have 22 trades left and there's spot fires everywhere like if you had 22 trades left and you've wasted like three of those trades as in got new players who are rubbish then you're in trouble but other than that you should be fine i think it, it definitely depends we know if say two of your players touch on wood but if two of them get injured next week then you're going to have to use another two trades next week and then you'll be down to 20 after just a couple of rounds. So I think that could be dangerous, but I think uh, if you need the if you need the trades and if they're good trades, then you may as well do them. Now, how did you boys score this week? I managed to score 2,055 with 40 from Heaney and 19 from Caleb Daniel, which I'm not too mad with. I did not score well at all uh, for the second time in a year. And I think outside of the buy rounds, I think it's the only time... I've done it 
almost ever. I've scored under 2,000 again at 1,970. So really disappointing for me. My rank dropped as well, so not good at all. Yeah, um, that was a terrible round for me. Um, under the 1.8 mark, I got 1,797. Um, that was, yeah, lowest of lows. Mm, that's not good at all. You probably dropped a lot in rank as well. Um, down to 68,000. Yeah. I think I'm, I'll have a quick look AFL home. I think Darcy has gotten a little bit unlucky. We know he had, uh, he went to go to the, the Flynn option, I think, in the ruck, and then he didn't play. So that's a, yeah. a don't, you had some other problems. You missed out on Zebel, which has cost you like 200k and an average of 111 over a couple of rounds. So a couple yeah. of decisions have really hurt you, but hopefully... And the, the Neil underperforming, well, all my midfielders are underperforming pretty much. Fife was poor in the first three weeks and had one week out. Dangerfield was poor in the first week and I held him all those weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Neil underperforming, Cripps underperforming. Yeah, not a lot going good. Now, I know you boys doubted me at the start of the year, but I'm 14,585th, so moving along. I know it's a marathon, not a sprint, but at the moment, I'm, I'm not too mad. Yeah, well, I think at this stage of the year, you're definitely positioned better than both of us. Um, <laughs> you scored a lot more. I think you've beaten both of us every week. Um, we, you're, a couple da- you're a couple of trades uh, below myself, and I think Darcy yeah. as well. But, um I think you're definitely positioned better than both of us. Any other categories or topics or anything else, boys, you want to discuss quickly? There's one other person I wanted your opinion on, and that's Alec Waterman from Essendon. He's 102,000, scored 56, has an average of 68.5, and is on the bubble this week. Um, what do you boys think about getting him in? Yeah, it's a buy. It's easy move. You can do a Campbell straight to him if you don't think Campbell's going to continue to score, or you could do a Heaney or a Butters to him and then upgrade elsewhere. That's what I was thinking. I didn't really want to get rid of Campbell, given that we know he's had a score of over 100, and at the moment he's on my field, and I think he could still be a good option. But then I was thinking I could trade Heaney down from him, but as I'm in a similar situation as Dylan, I've already used 24 trades, and if I use Heaney down to... Uh, down to Waterman, I'm going to have 300k and I want to upgrade somewhere else and then I'm I'm going to be 22 trades as well. Yeah, I'll, I think I'll avoid solely because of my trade status, but I would pick him up if I did have some left. So while we're on the topic of Waterman, um, we'll go through a couple other of the bubble boys and you can let me know what you think of them. So um, we don't have many, if I'm being honest, it's not looking great, but you can have we can say Mitch Lewis from Hawthorne. He's not a rookie, but he's one ninety nine thousand as a forward, averaging seventy nine over the over his first two games. And those stats are actually pretty good. I didn't know that was a thing, but um, I'd still avoid. But that sounds really good. One hundred ninety nine k and an average of seventy nine. Uh, obviously, Waterman one hundred two thousand. Chris Burgess uh, two hundred ten thousand in the defense. Averaging 70 and supposedly going to be Gold Coast main rock. Definitely one to consider. Again, I've kind of got some slim options because of my trade status, but if I didn't, I'd certainly look into it. Well, I'd probably, I'd probably skip just because of the extra points. Even though he's your main rock? Yeah. I think 
you're going to have to use probably two trades because at the moment I have Sharp, Kaczynski, Highmore and Murray as my uh, as my defending rookies and I need to, or he's more expensive than all four of them, so I need to use another trade in order to get to him, so I'm probably not doing it. You've got Gavin Robertson from Brisbane, he's a mid-forward. 176,000, I think it's his second year, and averaging 59. I wouldn't do it. See that. I did see that, actually, but nah, I'll pass. Then we've also got Luke Parks, who only scored 23 this week, but he's a defender, 102,000, averaging 37. Great player, I, not a super coach scorer. I wouldn't do it because I think Waterman is a better option, even though they play different positions. But yeah, I wouldn't do it. I don't think his scoring is really going to be there at all. And I think he's every chance of getting dropped in on any given week. And then one last one. He's not on the bubble anymore, but Heath Chapman is still available for 207,000, averaging 73. Got him. I wish I did it last week, to be honest, because it would have stopped me from getting a donut as well. But then because of the rolling lockout, and we hate that, um, I couldn't do it or I didn't do it. Um, I probably wouldn't do it this week, given that he's gone up in money. But if you have him already, that's a really good trade for you. I want to get your thoughts on my trade really quickly. I've already used 20. I've got 24 trades left. This will bring me to 22. But I've got Jordan Clark and Isaac Heaney to Waterman and Patrick Dangerfield. What are your thoughts on that? Clark's still making money. That's the only issue for me. But... If you, I mean, if you think it'll work out, because obviously Dangerfield's... A it's just that um, if I want to get to Dangerfield, I've got to make... I can't trade out like Kaczynski or Highmore or any one of the cheaper rookies. I have to have someone... Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah, so he's got a break-even of 36, which he's going to get, and he's going to continue to make a little bit of money. But I don't really see him getting over like 350K, really. So it's, I'm probably sacrificing 50K, but... I think Dangerfield to have on field as opposed to having Heaney or someone on my bench isn't probably, is not the worst option. I mean, just quickly for my trades this week, I am going Kaczynski and Heaney out. I'm looking to get Zeeble and Chapman in. So a bit late on both of those, but I feel like cash is still there for Chapman and the scoring is there for both of them. I think this is a rolling lockout nightmare again because I think if Kaczynski plays, you need to keep him. But because he plays on a Sunday, you're not going to know until Saturday, which really hurts. But um, oh, They will play everyone involved in that trade. Plays on a Sunday? Plays on a Sunday, except for Heaney. So I can do Heaney show you to Zeeble. Mm-hmm. And I can just work out the Chapman and Kaczynski on the Sunday. On yeah, Saturday. I, think he, I think he should do that. So if... Yep. Just wait till Sunday, and if Kaczynski gets named, don't trade him. But if he doesn't, then you might have to. You reckon he's still going to make more than Chapman will? Uh, I think Chapman might make a little bit more, but to, you've got to spend an extra trade as well, which can be valuable. Yeah. All right, fellas. Well, good luck with your Supercoach games this week. Hope you enjoy. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow the at AFL Supercoach Instagram account, all lowercase. We're working hard and behind the scenes. The SBS podcast. We can, uh, yeah. I think we can put the links in the description. So yeah. Links will go in the description. So make sure to check them out. Like, subscribe. Hope you enjoyed and we'll catch you next time.